Turn me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. I know last week I said would be the last week from the will of God, but maybe this, this week will be. I can't shake it every time I feel like we're, we've, we've, I'm released. It just gets a little more crazy and complicated. So few people understand what the will of God is. So few people live in God's will for your life. And I want to share this morning. First off, let me say this. Everybody have the notes. If not, raise your hand. We got Miss Teresa in the back. Come on, Teresa. Jeremiah's hands up. Um, if you need, if you need uh, the notes, raise your hand. We want to make sure you can follow along with us this morning. Um, we do this for you. Listen, it's real, it helps people learn when you write things down and follow us along. And, uh, and, and take notes. Use the back. Use the front. But we're going to share this morning. Anybody else need notes? Lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. We're going to talk about this morning the mystery of his will. Uh, you know, we, like I said, you know, similar to during transition, we live in a day where, you know, for us, faith would be a lot more easier if you controlled it, right? If we never wondered why, come on, every one of us have lived in a place where we were like, why did this happen? I know in my own life, you know, things I've been through, it was like, dude, you could have just let me know. You know, if, if I could if I could have got that five year back, then all this wouldn't have happened, right? And so many times we don't understand, right? Sometimes, you know, you know, we don't know what God's doing until the day of. Sometimes we feel like we're just on a different page, a different path, and it's not, it you know, it, it it's not bad to wonder what is the Lord doing or why did this happen? To dwell on it, allow you to step back, yeah, that's absolutely wrong. But I've been in position, you know, listen, I got some questions that may not be answered till I get to heaven. But the more you learn and the more you grow with the Lord, listen, it's my last time preaching at 30s, whatever am I, 36? This is it. You're getting wisdom now. In all my years, come on, in all my years, I realize the older I get in this thing, the more that you may not understand. And there's something about just trusting God and just believing him that changes everything. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. I have the scripture written for you on your notes. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. The mystery of his will. There are things that we're going to learn and understand today and things that you may not understand until years from now that there is, a, there is a, a written word that we understand is his will, right? We've covered that for weeks. He has a written will for you. It doesn't change. You better memorize it. In times that you may not know the current voice, this is, this is the main voice you need to follow. His word doesn't change. He's made it really clear to us how to live. There's no compromise uh, uh, or new leeway on his word, right? He's the plumb line. But when following his word, there's times we need a little bit of direction and a little bit of guidance. And, you know, if, if you're fasting and praying on what shirt to wear this morning, you're wasting your life. You know what I mean? But there are times, people hear from God 30 times a day. But there are times that you're going to need to know, man, I really want to know where is God leading me? How do I follow that voice of peace? Why did you allow this door to open when it shouldn't have been opened? 
And, that, and this is the beautiful mystery of serving God and allowing his will uh, to be performed through our lives. Yes, surrender is going to be a big part of that. The first thing we're going to share, and, and if you can, open with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to follow along this story uh, this morning, and I believe it's going to parallel prophetically really uh, 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 some truths about serving God and his will. And we're going to go to the father of this faith thing, Abraham. Uh, father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. Oh, friends, you need to wake up. I don't know, maybe you're still in a turkey coma. My Lord Jesus. Genesis 22, we're going to start there. But the first thing, and you can follow along with our notes, is we need to understand that he is not a God that reacts, but he's a God that acts. He is the original. His will is, is the original. You know, it, it's so interesting, the power of, of will, right? The power of, you know, you've seen people, you know, didn't Gandhi without the Lord like fast, you know, a year? I mean, it's, people do some crazy things just with will. You know, I've seen family members, right? The doctor said, you have a week to live. And, and it was like people will hold on so long because they just will themselves. I'm talking about just flat out desire, just drive. They will themselves to stay alive. And then finally, like the great aunt comes and then they let go. People's will is crazy, but the, cra the, the most important thing to understand is God's will is the strongest on the planet, and he only acts. There's no reaction with the Father. His will must be our will. His desires must be our desires. Uh, my wife, sadly enough, last week lost her, her only uncle. In the middle of the meeting, her, you know, their family found out. We found out after church, and eerily prophetic, the stuff I was preaching last week about this scenario and ministered to the family, but, you know, he passed. And, uh, you know, it, it's so funny when people pass, the first thing you want to know is, is there a will? Let me tell you something. I got a will, and I'm going to control everybody from my grave. Do you understand? It's, when I'm dead, you still won't have a say. You know what I mean? No, you can't. Yes, you can. You wait till you're 25. If there's insurance money, sorry. You know what I mean? You ain't good enough to use it yet. But So I'm controlling everybody. But most people have a will that they leave behind, and, and what they did is had to go into a vault, and they opened her uncle's documents, and they read his living will now that he's gone. And what his will states is, you will do this, you won't do this, this will go here, this won't go here, and it's his will. It's his will that you execute on this earth to the people that he chooses to be the beneficiary of that will. I'm telling you, God's will is stronger. I'm telling you, his word and his desire is just as strong. The legal system has no, no, not even a, not even a thread match to a will of God. Because you and I have been given that beneficiary power to the Father's will. It's unfortunate that we don't think about wills until after people go. But I'm telling you, the Father's given you a will in his word. He's giving you the direction and, and he's given you the execution of his desires on this earth. And we must be stewards of that. God is not a reaction God. When someone dies on this earth, we react. No, God is absolutely the one that acts. And we as his children are people that must react to what his actions are. Are you with me? God's will is number one. There's no confusion about it. And, and, uh, and, and, and we must follow that will. The next thing we need to know, and we're going to begin in Genesis 2, 22, 
is every person desires, we're talking about number two now on the notes, every person desires to know the path. In Genesis 22, we see the story of Abraham and the father speaking to him to sacrifice his son. Kind of sounds crazy now. That, that was the Old Testament. They did those things. It meant something. And it was somewhat of a faith test for Abraham. But it's interesting. In Genesis, and you've heard the story before, but in Genesis 22 two, the Lord says, Now take your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering uh, on one of the mountains, which I'll tell you later. What? Every person desires to know the path. God is telling Abraham to do something pretty extreme. No, this ain't even the method of sacrifice you knew the story to unveil. He said it would be a burnt offering. But he said, go to the mountain of Moriah, and I'll, I'll just tell you later. Some of you wouldn't even go because you don't have all the details. I'm telling you, when we serve this life in God, he's going to just give you enough to go. And we live in a day where we need to know all the, listen, go here, go here, do this, do that, turn right, say this, you know, go down to the corner, turn. We feel so comfortable when everything's detailed to me. You know, uh, uh, you know when I got married, uh, my wife used to speak Canadian. I'm not, I don't speak that general language. You know, don't put a laundry basket on the couch for days and tell me how I'm supposed to fold it. You know what I mean? Tell me what you want me to do. And now, you know, it got to the point where she would just ask for help generally. Well, if I didn't execute it right, she'd tell me what I should have done. I said, okay, we're done. If my wife asked me to do something for her right now, my God, she better write it down by turn-by-turn turn directions. I want to know, is the mayo next to the mustard? You know what I mean? I want to know everything. And then there's no confusion. You said it, I'll do it. I'll follow directions. I'm just not going to follow your thoughts. I, come on, a lot of the men are saying amen. Come on, ladies, get right here. I, I'm, I admit I'm hard here. I need help. Just, I mean, explain it very clearly to me. And she's learning more and more every day to tell me turn-by-turn turn directions. I feel better this way. I don't have to put my thought into it. Women are way too detailed. She sees in her head this big elaborate picture. Honey, I barely got a brush. You know what I mean? Help me out in this process. Well, the challenge comes is when we try to serve God that way. And he says, I want you to just go do it. And we're like, well, I want the full picture. Go to the mountain of Moriah and sacrifice your son as a burnt offering. Great. And, and I'm going to tell you where when you get there. Man, it sounds so elementary. So many believers can't handle that point. Because when we serve God, it is, it is serving without understanding sometimes. The Lord spoke to me a year ago, said, I want you to learn to trust me without your level of understanding. Trust me beyond your understanding. And Abraham had to make a decision to go up on the mountain and not fully understand what the next steps were. See, in life, we, we look at that in the natural and say it's foolish. Why would you go somewhere, and I'm just saying natural, job, business, without the Lord, why would you do it and not even know the next step? Well, in faith, we understand that because it's trust. Did God tell you to go? I don't care what happens. Did he tell you to go to the mountain of Moriah? Yes. What's the next step? I don't know. I'm waiting to know. It doesn't matter what the next step is. I get so many Christians come to me. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I came to Moriah. I've been to Moriah for a year. I, maybe I'm just, I'm going to go back down the mountain. I dare you to go back down that mountain and spend years in the desert because you just made some dumb decisions and didn't even trust the Lord or anything in your life. 
What has he told you to do? Do that. What do you know was his instructions for your life? Do that. Follow his word. Follow what he's told you to do. And so it's important to understand everybody has a desire to know, but sometimes the Lord may not give you the full picture. Because Abraham didn't know, but guess what? God did. Paul writes something wild in Acts chapter 17, uh, verse, well, Paul, in Acts chapter 17, verse 27, we see this, we see this wild scripture here. Acts 17, 27 says this, so that you would seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him because though he is not far from each of us. I'm telling you right now that there's something in seeking God that enriches us. Uh, one, of the, one of the hurts of my heart in the last 10 years of Christianity is somehow we've eliminated seeking and groping for God. There are some things that you cannot find unless you seek. There are some things that you will not get from the Father without a desire for more. And, 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 and the author writes in Acts 17, listen, we know he's right here next to us, but we still reach and we still grope for him that we would find him and receive what he has. I'm telling you, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness are filled. If we lose the desire to reach for God, if we lose the desire to seek, then we, well, there's some things we're just not going to get. Because unfortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, it's, 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 a, it, you know, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, mix of us and the Lord together. Thank God for that. Listen to me. Do you realize that we believe in miracles? We believe in the power of God, but it takes sickness and trials to see them. If we just lived in this crazy world where you're just a program robot, and there's no negative things in life, and nothing is ever tried. What in the world? That's not even life. That's control. That, you're just a machine. But God gives us feelings and personalities and thought processes, and, and he gives us a heart, and he gives us a reasoning, and he, he puts these things in you that we would use them with him in a partnership of listening to him, walking with him, and obeying what he's called us to do. Everybody wants to know the path. But there are times that it's not released to you. And, and we see in this scripture, he just had to go up the path. But it's important that we don't stop seeking and reaching. The Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. Are we knocking? In Genesis 22, 4, the Bible says he saw it. The Bible says, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar off. Man, we all desire to know. We all desire to know. And sometimes you won't know until you see it. You know, it's, it's holidays. If you go into any store, they're overstaffed. Well, some of them need help, but a lot of stores are overstaffed. And, you know, in this New England, so, I mean, forget down south or somewhere else where they're just, I feel like they're rude because they're asking me a question. You know, I was, in, I was in Florida recently. I was looking, they're like, can I help you? I was like, no, I'm just looking. They're like, great, what are you looking for? I'm like, what? Like, how, who dare you talk to me like that? Honestly, I'm thinking, if you were in Connecticut, somebody bites you. You don't talk to me like, I don't even know you. What do you mean, what am I looking for? That's so, that's so personal. 
that's so personal. Like up here, they're just like, can I help you? No, okay, fine, get away. That's like our nice way of saying, leave me alone. And I thought it would work in Florida. Can I help you? No, I'm all set. Well, what are you, I'm just looking, what are you looking for? I'm like, what? And then I had to ask myself, what am I looking for? And I was like, I don't really know, really. It's just, just looking, you know? Sometimes you don't know what you're looking for until you find it. Sometimes you don't even know what it is you're after until you see it. The Bible says he was on, this is good stuff, friends. The Bible says he was on a journey. He didn't know where the mountain was, but then he saw it from afar off. Sometimes in this journey with the Father, you're not going to have the answers. And as you're looking, you'll see exactly what it is that you're looking for. I'm never going to walk into Nordstrom Rack again in Tampa. I'll tell you right now, it's offensive. <laughs> see, I, I tell you this and you laugh and say yes. You all nod your head because you're just rude like me. I say this, listen to me, I say this in Florida and they don't even understand what I'm talking about. Oh man, you have problems. Wow, you're really mean. You know what I mean? Number three, along the lines of Genesis 22.4, it's better to discern the place than to find it. Oh, friends, I hope you listen to me. It is so important that we discern where it is that God wants us to be than just get the answer. Come on now. So many of us need to be in control. Tell me what it is. What are the facts? What are the numbers? What are the, 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 no, the discerning of it is just as important. Looking to see it from far off and communing with the father to be, yes, God, you are working with me. And that is way more important than just facts, friends. Way more important than just facts. God makes the sacrifice, friends. It's so important we understand this. And in Genesis 22, verse 4, it says, On the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place from afar off. And then verse 5 is just as important. And Abraham said to the young men, You stay here with the donkey, and I'll go yonder and worship, and we'll come back for you. Let me tell you a reality of life that most people don't want to admit, friends. The more God reveals to you, the less the crowds go with you. Stay here with the donkeys. You know, I, I get pretty melancholy in seasons of my life. I love the people that are around me. Sometimes it's like, man, you know, it'll never get better than this. Well, actually, it's the, I come and look at it and say, man, well, you know, maybe it'll get better. But either way, you love who you're with and you don't realize that seasons will change. And when God brings you to another level, when relationships change, values will always change. We are so stuck on one level of people. When many times when you begin to go for what God has for you and you begin to grow in your relationship with the Father, you lose some friends. Ain't nobody want to hear truth. Don't let, let Papa James start talking to you this morning, kids. You lose friends. Not bad. It doesn't have to be nasty. It doesn't have to be horrible. I'm saying you're going to another place. And if you're attached to one level, how can we even go to the next? The father showed him where he wanted him to be. He's showing you places in your life he wants you to go. And he says, it's time to go worship and go to this next place. And you look around your life and you're like, oh man, maybe I got to break off Wednesday night bingo. Maybe I got to realize that God is bringing me to a new dimension and he's bringing me to a new place in my life. 
It's a principle we must understand. And he said to his family, you got to stay here. I got to go do some things. I got to follow the Lord in my life. I got to make some decisions in my life. And God will always honor that call. You listen to me clearly, man. The people, you know, you ever see, I, I deal with people, I deal with people with addictions all the time, all the time. I'm not even saying this church. As soon as I leave this place, I'm going to help a person that's not even in this church because her sister's addicted and I got to help them. The girl's 23 years old. She started doing drugs at 17 and mentally she's 17. If I deal with somebody 38 years old on drugs and alcohol, whenever they started, it's like that's their emotional level. Do you understand me? The problem with some of you is your emotional level is back at the people that you're stuck with when God is trying to bring you further. I talk to people that I used to go to churches with. I talk to people that I used to look at my life as they were wise. They're so not wise. It was like somebody took a picture of them from 1999 and they've never left. The same things they were hoping for, the same things they were talking about, they've never gotten them. They're still trying to make something happen. They've never experienced anything more and they're stuck emotionally and they're stuck spiritually because of a failure to break through. I've done nothing. Well, man, look at, look at me, nothing. I'm willing to go up that mountain. I'm willing without the orders to say, God, if that's where you want me to be, I'm going to go. Man, we're so attached to this place. You see people in your life, man, that person was so powerful. Man, listen to me, they're not right now. I see, man, I see somebody bring someone, God brings somebody in your life 20 years ago and they might have helped you in a moment. And you still talk to them today like they were 20 years ago. No, friends, you're being the blinds and leading the blind at this point. You just can't see the truth. I met my beautiful wife. All these people were so powerful. I meet them. They're the most messed up people I've ever seen. What do you mean they're powerful? There's nothing powerful about them. They're a mess. Oh, oh, they were powerful 20 years ago, 30 years ago in your life. Amen. I could see that. But none, there's no love lost. There's no bitterness formed. You just have to have an ability to say, stay here. I got to go. Tie up the donkeys, hang out in 1999, I got to go somewhere. And as long as you're stuck with them and as long as you're attached to them and as long as you keep stalking them on Facebook or wanting their approval, you can't go up this mountain. Kurt, this is good preaching. I know you're in. Abraham had to make a decision, friends. And as you know the story, Verse 6, Abraham took the wood and the burnt sacrifice and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and with the knife he rose up and them two went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, said, my father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, look, the fire and the wood, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? In verse 10, he stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. His arms are in the air, friends, with a knife. And he said, don't you lay your hand on your lad. Or do, angel say lad. Or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. And since you've not withheld your son, your only son for me. Number four, we must open our ears to hear the interruptions. I'll say a strong statement to you, friends. 
most people walk where God was, not where he is. Most people walk where God was, not where he is. They're stuck on the past. They're stuck on the past. We must understand that things are revealed in stages and we got to say, yes, Lord. We must understand. You ever meet somebody, they're so stuck on one word that they won't even hear God, what he's saying right now. They're so stuck on, I wanted you to go to this region and this area that you don't even understand. My real father, who I, I never knew, died in Jacksonville, Florida. I had an encounter with the Lord, it like, literally like an angelic encounter, and the Lord told me, I'm going to give you authority in Jacksonville. I go down there. This beautiful pastor has a 3,000 seater. He's going to be here next week. Gave me his building, no cost. Miracles, signs and wonders, all these things. If I wasn't careful, I would have been sucked into that. It was a season. And in the middle of that season, you listen. I, you don't sell out everything. You don't put all the chips in the middle because of, a, of, of an emotional experience. In the season, with the knife in your hand, are you listening? Or do you shut off your ability to listen because you heard something before? It's big kid stuff. You must listen today. You must listen today. You must know what are the seasons and the times. What did he say it for? Why is he saying it? What are you saying today? Listen to me, friends. Some of you all over the map. God says something on Wednesday, and you don't, or he says something to you in 1979, and now your whole life's a mess. Powerful minister I knew that was here at Gateway. Powerful young man. He said, I got to leave. I'm moving. I said, why? He said, because somebody gave me a prophetic word. I have it on cassette tape. He derailed his whole life because of one word in an emotional meeting, and he just moved. Because we don't have an ability to listen. We just want to take the knife and start stabbing things. Man, good thing I'm eating food. I'm getting wings later. Can't wait. Seahawks are on. I'll be good. Jesus, help me. Parm garlic. There's a danger in giving into a will too fast. Listen, why hasn't God told me? Why hasn't he made it clear? Why isn't he coming through? Why didn't he warn me? Why didn't he help me? Because there's a danger in telling you the will too fast to a people who haven't paid the price of searching. There's a danger. I'm so thankful he didn't reveal it all to me in the early days. I don't know if I'd sign up for that gong show. I'm so glad he didn't tell me from the beginning. It was a lot of pain, friends, a lot of hurt, a lot of, lot of troubles, a lot of trials. But I never take them back. Do you understand me? When you're wounded, you trust. When you've been hurt, you trust. When you keep that beautiful attitude towards the Father. There are some of you in this room, you're overcomers, man. You've been through it and you stayed beautiful. That's hard to do. But we have to stop asking why. We have to stop asking the questions that aren't going to give you an answer you want to hear at this moment. He's not going to tell you every detail because there's only a few things. We must pay the price of searching, of giving our all, of surrendering all. Of, of uh, This is the mystery of his will. They, they, we, you know, we're living in an era where they're reducing Christianity to some easy thing to figure out that's not Christianity. 
Hello. I've lost so much favor with famous people. May, I'm not talking about people you know, people you don't even know. Because they put these me and these preachers around these guys and it's like, I don't work, man. All these mega preachers will tell you what you want to hear. They want your check. They think you're cool. That's not my deal, man. I am not in this room full of famous people because I'm cool. I'm in this room because I gave everything when I was living in Brantford Manor because I believe that God can change this land by his power and I'm not compromising the message. I promise you, I'm so uncool. But when all hell breaks loose and you're on the side of the road, I gotta be careful. When you're in a rough place, you know who they call. It's not all the other preachers with big churches that are on TV that wanna meet with all the famous interviewers. Nope, they call me again because they've had encounters when I'm with them and I will not compromise this message to be popular. Christianity is under attack in America, under attack. And I don't care if you have 500 million in the bank, it means nothing to me. You give everything to follow this man, you listen to his words, you follow his ways, there's no other way about it. We've given up our right to be in control, but they're pitching a Christianity that makes you not even have to care. There's no sacrifice, there's no price to pay. You can do whatever you want. Man, that's absolute heresy. Heresy. And I don't care who I'm in front of, my message ain't changing. Your life will stay a mess. Your life will stay a mess. If you want to be in control or you want to serve God without any bumps or any hiccups, it doesn't exist. It's faith. It's searching. It's searching. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's searching. You know, Mike Smith had a CD called Hide and Seek Games. There are seasons. He's not hiding from you. He's hiding for you. Because our desire is built in pursuit. And sometimes you'll go through things in life, you're just changed by it. Moses went on the mountain, right? His assistant pastor is on the ground, everybody takes their clothes off, start worshiping a calf. In the natural, it looks crazy. Aaron, what are you doing? You know what that did to Aaron? Humiliation in your life sometimes brings humility. And Aaron can be the man of God because of those situations. John Wimber used to say, don't trust anybody that doesn't walk with a limp. I trust limp people. Do you understand me? I would rather put myself around limp people because you've been through some things. And you understand that there's a God of breakthrough on the other side of restoration. I love that person. Hello. I don't want a church without broken people. They don't exist. I refuse to serve a Christianity that that builds some fake thing that's not real. God is real. We must touch him. We must encounter him. We must seek him and pursue him and understand the mystery of his will. I thank God for situations in our life where we may not have the answer because I know that it will come. I know that God will respond. Come on now. Don't lose heart in those things. What are we on? Four, five, five. We're wrapping up here now. Our loyalty is proven by seeking. We've got to walk in history. I mean, we've got to walk in destiny, not history. We've got to walk in revelation, not religion. 
the seeking and groaning in the mystery of God allows us to walk deeper. When I hear people continually ask God why, I know they're not seeking. Because they don't want the answer. When the, when the shootings happened in, in uh, Newtown, the horrific shootings, I got called there to do ministry. It was freaky. I mean, the whole town is in mourning because of mass death. The whole world is focusing on an area about an hour and 15 from here. And I go right into Sandy Hook, that whole little town to minister. And the first thing everybody, I'm literally showing up. The, the school was boarded off. I mean, they literally have barriers, shut the whole thing down. It's just one massive, just scary situation, man. And I, and, and somebody told me like the woman that uh, created Harry Potter was from there. I mean, weird stuff. You get to Sandy Hook and all these young people are there and, and, and they see me praying. They see me walking around the, the outskirts of the school and they stop me and they're like, then I, I need to ask you something because they heard me praying. I said, what? They're like, where was God during all this? It's so funny to a people that don't, don't know him. That's always going to be your question. To people that claim to know him, when things happen in our life, that's our question. Then we're not, we're not digging deep enough. And I wrote a whole thing. I said, you want to know where God was? Where he always was. He's on the throne in heaven and living in the hearts of his people. You understand me. We live in the most corrupt, fallen world. This isn't our heaven. This is so broken, this earth. Do you understand me? This ain't perfect. You're going to have pain. I promise you, it's coming. If it ain't coming today, wait till tomorrow. There's going to be pain. There's going to be trials. Listen, pressed but not crossed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck out when you're not destroyed. I believe you can go through the fire and not get burnt. Come on now. But nobody wants to know truth. They just want a way out. If you're looking for an escape, it's not going to be hard to find one. But if you want truth and peace and breakthrough, then we don't ask those questions. I may not have the answers on this earth, but I know who the answer is. And I know that there are times where we must understand the mystery of his will the unexplainable of his, of his direction in our lives. But we stay fast. We hold on. We believe. And we see breakthrough. Come on, let's stand. We're going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you this morning for your presence. Even from worship until now, God, this thread of surrender, God, the thread of you being the God of everything, of you being the God of more than enough. God, you're clearly speaking this morning. And Lord, we just tell you again, even after all of that, as, as sobering as it is, you are the God of all things. You are the God of everything. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of all direction. You're the God of breakthrough. God, we thank you that you have not changed. Your ways haven't changed. And that many of us might be on our way up to Moriah. We might be there with a knife in our hand. It does not matter. We trust you. God, we thank you for direction this morning. We thank you for breakthrough this morning. We thank you for the miraculous. Let us step with a step of faith. Let us step, God, with a step of faith. Let us live a realm of faith and belief, Father. Taylor, come here, please.
Man, you need to know this wonderful young lady. This woman, woman, what are you like, 18, 20? How old are you? Get out of here. I got to stand here so I'm taller than you. This woman, 18 years old, had scholarships, had a job better than probably half this room, feels the touch of God on her life and says, I want to go to Bible school. No money. Everything in the natural says that she made the wrong move. I wish you would be like this woman. She gives, listen, absolutely she deserves a hand. She goes down there just on faith. You need to give this woman money. Just on faith, trusting God. And she tells me the day she leaves, I'm going to get trained up in the ministry so I can serve you in the ministry. I mean, just who does this? I had like two conversations with her before she left. And then like Chad and Lauren, who like has been working with her, they were like, you need to meet her. And she wants to talk about going to school. I met this woman. I went home. I said, where has she been? Let me tell you something. Has it been easy? No. God is with her. And I just see that kind of radical faith of stepping out. She has, what, two and a half years left, two years left. And every dime has not been paid for, but it'll be paid for. Her rent hasn't been covered, but it'll be covered. And it's that faith, not having the answers. Listen to me, we all want Bible school if it's fully paid for and somebody gives us a home and a car and everybody's cheering us on. They weren't cheering her on when she left. Do you understand me? It's the price of this thing. It's the price of saying, I will. It does not matter what everyone thinks. I couldn't be more proud of her. She's leaving today, but she'll be back in December. Absolutely. Can we stretch our hands? Father, I thank you for Taylor. I thank you for the power in her life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're leading her and guiding her and every crooked path will be straight. God, we thank you for the provision. We thank you, God, that you are with her. God, strengthening her, filling her. God, I thank you that every desire of ministry will come forth. I thank you that she is a testimony to this body and there is a piece of us in Florida, God. Lord, we thank you for her. We thank you for the breakthrough and fill her like never before, God. Let your power be demonstrated in and through her life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Fill her like never before, Father. I wish you were this. Listen, that's what faith looks like. That's what it looks like when God says to you in Genesis 12, come out from among them, separate yourself from your family to a place that I've called you to be. You know, you're in the room because you're radical, right? Nobody's going to listen to me every week unless you're pretty nuts. You know what I mean? So the fact that you're here means, you know, you're a little crazy. I need you to be a little more crazy. You follow what I'm saying? You follow me? I know. I, listen, I preach for a living, and these people get it. You know what I mean? I'm at home. So your family, you're all pretty nuts. That's why we're here, right, with the Land of Misfit Toys. It's pretty fitting at Christmas. We're all busted. It's beautiful. Man, I want, I want us to be more crazy. I want you to trust God in every aspect of your life, and whatever you don't understand, he's going to make that path straight. You mark my words. Whatever it is you're believing for. We don't shy away from disappointments and hurts, man. We run to the Father with them, right? You, you, know, uh, uh, you know, doubting Thomas. I, I hate that they said doubting because you know what I'm jealous of? He touched him. And, and it's okay to have questions. Just make sure at the end of it you're touching him. 
Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for direction. I thank you for this morning of victory and praise. Lord, as we go this morning, I pray your presence be with us. God, that we, would, we wouldn't even need to know. We just step with you. We walk up that mountain. We go up to worship you. We thank you that you are in control of everything. You govern, guide, and direct, and all of our fountains are in you. We thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless you, friends.